0: Get on with it. Stop moaning. The Dropback with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns
1: Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis and joined by Matt Burns Peak. How's it going, Sammy? And Stan Wilson. What's up, sir? How are we doing, guys? We're excited to hear the Brit Bowl. We've been talking about it for a while. it has been several. It's back. But now... It's really it's back. It's back. It's really here. It's oh, here. Fa-
1: fantastic news. Looking forward to getting maybe like a three-game season if we
2: get one. But, but they have said um, that they're committing to do a full adult season. About an eight-game season guaranteed. I, I think it'll be, it sounds like they're going to be local. So promotion relegation, you probably yeah. won't pay in divisions that's so backwards I mean, that's I'll so take I'll take eight games I'll take it
1: no but <laughs> out of division that means you could have like a premiership team playing it's like a Div 2 team that's bring them on bad
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be a mixture of the two it won't be like oh these are your seven nearest teams play them yeah mm. but it'll be a mixture because you don't want people travelling to Scotland as well there may be issues with that yeah
1: that's true What Sterling I'm oh, sorry not Sterling like um, Edinburgh Knights and that what are they going to do they're only going to have like three or four teams there to play. It. There's
2: quite a few Scottish teams. I think they've got enough for it. Gridiron Hub did a post today about their idea of the divisions, which
0: holds up pretty well. Fair enough, mm. fair enough. I mean, like I said, it's just good to have some football back in the UK, finally. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, to. I didn't really
2: understand Bafford's approach by saying, oh, this is what we think we're going to do. Wait until Sunday or Monday just in case something changes because we're going to announce oh. the exact same thing again. Just tell us.
0: Just tell us, please.
2: Yeah. I mean, it seems like it pushed people back a week being able to install training. But overall, I mean, it's football, isn't it? Yeah, it's football. football. Is football. Back training for
1: night. Looking forward to it.
2: Mm. I mean, Go well, boyos. The one thing I don't like is that we had a poll out on our Instagram today. If you're not following at the drop back, because we'll do all sorts of polls and stuff in the future, you won't want to miss. <laughs> but... It's very exciting but... stuff. I was asking Buck students whether or not their university is reducing the fees for the season. And surprisingly, I got about a fifty fifty yes, no response back, which is oh, kind of worrying, given how expensive it is for university
0: students. That's awful, man. How can you how can you be charging students full price for the, such a small season? That's especially that's because bad. we don't know we'll get university games. Exactly. That's a bad look.
1: Whatever, sure. rookies they did, whatever rookies they did manage to lure in with the prospect of having maybe no games, they're going to lose them straight away again because mm. these guys are, are very likely new to the sport and they've just paid their full subs for subscriptions to the club, pad rental, their buffer insurance fees, and it's going to be wiped away. Like, Why would you want to go back to a sport when you know that's the way you're going to be treated?
2: Yeah, especially yeah. a sport that needs new people in desperately because of how tight some squads can be with numbers. It's ridiculous that... They're not just like waving it, just being like, right, you pay the insurance so that you can train and that's it. We'll take a loss this season. We'll buy the bullet.
1: And how one of the main influxes of new players into the sport is through university. Like that's why Baffer's like Britball is so backwards in terms of its numbers, how there are more adult players than junior players. is because most players come in through university because no one plays it when they're younger. So if you're going to alienate players at the university level, then the sport is going to really deteriorate
0: yeah that's super disappointing like i think as you said slew obviously there are lots of costs that go into running a university american football team we know that i mean we personally know that from our time at uni and um i I don't take that lightly but at the same time you've got to make it easy to get people to in in these sort of situations to actually get people playing otherwise you're never going to grow that team like you said it's just going to put the rookies off because they're quite rightly would be like, hold on a second. Why am I paying full price for something that is at best a fraction of, of what it normally is?
2: And I understand this sometimes it isn't the team's control. Mm. That the, There's a lot of bad relationships between teams and university um, student unions who yeah. aren't great. They don't take a good view of American football generally to help them out. So I understand that it's not really necessarily the teams just being greedy, but universities need to do a better job in this situation. 100%.
1: I think Baffers should maybe play a role to support that considering how much they rely on the influx of university players into the adult game afterwards.
0: Yeah, yeah true. I mean, I, I don't know how much they can do in this sort of situation because of how sort of centralised the university system is with that yeah. sort of stuff. But... No, I think, right, it would be nice to see them come out and potentially back up there. Because, I mean, we can all see it, right? It's not just like yeah. a a pity party thing. Any, I think if you asked anyone on the street, do you think that students should have to pay full price for the season? They, I don't they, think you'd find like, anyone who would say, yes, they should. Yeah,
1: like if, in terms of Bathurst's support as well, maybe like funding might be a bit far-fetched considering they're on a tight budget anyway. Yeah. Even just like a a written statement or like a um, a public address from the governing body, would I think that would have a great impact on how the committees are going to go about refunding players if they do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. True. We're not asking for Bath to cover every student's fees because that's not feasible. No. Put a bit of pressure or show support for the players that are new to this sport.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully they will. Like said, that everything's still quite in its infancy in terms of restarting with domestic American football. So I guess there is still space for that to be addressed. But like I said, you want to see that, you want to see quite a hard stance as a community against that because it's flat out wrong. Yeah. yeah. Or,
2: or maybe what happens is that the more universities do ease fees this year, that we, we raise them up, we, we point those out, and then mm. and it gives less of an excuse to the ones that aren't necessarily yeah exactly that's a good point from one nation scheduling to another the NFL announced what we all knew was going to happen at some point but the owners voted for a 17 game season to take place in 2021 a move that
0: was accepted and loved by all (laughs) Nat, it's a bit of a weird one isn't it like I'm not it just seemed really unnecessary
1: yeah I'm surprised the players are going to allow it to happen to be honest with you, I thought that something like that would have to be passed by the NFLPA as well.
2: It did. It was part of the um, negotiations last year. That was one of the biggest sticking points. Uh, this was passed by sixty votes or something, and that was one of the biggest like uh, issues. Like t- players didn't want to play seventeen games, and I don't really blame Rightly. them necessarily. Yeah,
1: I don't think there was a demand for more football either. Like I know as football fans, we love the game, and obviously we're sad when for the rest of the year when the football's not on. Yeah. But was there really demand for an extra game? Was there ever people saying, oh, I wish the football season was one game longer?
2: I mean, just no. from an aesthetic point of view, I hate 17 games. Yeah, 17. Yeah, it's it's such not, a horrible it's number.
1: There will never be another 8-8 eight eight team. You can never, like, in your pre-season prediction, say, ah, they're pretty average. They'll go 8-8. Eight eight.
0: That's what I mean. Jeff Fish is going to be He's turning totally his wrong. grave. Or well, his coaching grave. is not dead. <laughs> his coaching grave. <laughs> <laughs> pretty accurate.
2: I mean, there's the issue as well of pre-seasons. Seems good. Mm. I mean, I imagine the, the an argument is going to be made. Oh, it's the same number of games in total. We've removed one of the preseason games, but the preseason games helps the people on the edge of the roster, yeah. and the people that are going to be affected by the added seventeenth game don't care about those preseason games anyway. Yeah, exactly. Because they're the ones that are having to play a full sixteen games slate, and there's no extra bye week.
0: Yeah, no. it's just alienating those players. That's Sort of on the cuffs of, of making the roster and yeah. no, no matter what you say there's a big difference between a preseason game and a full full-on NFL regular season game like in terms of intensity and and everything like that there is a huge difference what starters play half of the third preseason
2: game and a quarter of one of the others probably yeah
1: I don't like I never liked four preseason in the first place especially as they used to be five. there would be five for the teams that play in the Hall of fame game as well like it was unnecessary. No one was like, oh, we need to keep pre-season. There's <laughs> no need for it. There's absolutely no need for it. Because all you have is a vanilla, watered-down version of your offence because you don't want to give away any new plays or any new like, scheme within your um, within your system. So I just don't really understand the point of it. And it's not good for viewing numbers either, presumably, because, again, it's watered down. You're seeing like, the thirds versus the opponent's thirds. I guess the benefit of having a seventeen-game season is you're essentially you're taking away one meaningless game and making another one mean, making it meaningful instead. Yeah, yeah I mean,
2: but... while we're on the idea of taking away preseason games, can we get rid of the Hall of Fame game? Yeah. or move it to yeah. the first week. We don't nope. need that yeah. extra one week of one shit game.
1: I think have it week one. I think that'd be much more fun because then you're actually getting meet like a meaningful, fun game rather than the Dallas Cowboys thirds against the Cincinnati Bengals thirds. It's, like it, it's just it, stupid.
0: Yeah, it. It's, it's almost a disservice calling it the Hall of Fame game as well because the t- it's so low quality because it is yeah. a preseason game like nothing well, against the it. teams that are involved. I'd never, I would never fucking
2: watch it. But it's worse yeah. than preseason Week One. You get even less starters.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it it does it does a disservice to the the occasion of it being a Hall of Fame game massively. Like, make that meaningful.
1: Yeah, unless you want to see Chase Daniel throwing dimes, then it's not really going to do much for you.
2: But that's a good point, actually. Why not move that that Thursday night Week One game? Why not have that as a Hall of Fame game?
1: Yeah, move the, move the whole Canton thing, like um, the inauguration to the Hall of Fame. Move that a bit later, and um, have that Week One to the kick off of the season, so everyone's already in football mood. And everyone will be like, "Woo, Hall of Fame!"
2: Actually, I suppose that's the difference, isn't it? That it takes place at the Canton Field, yeah, rather than at the home stadium if we just won the Super Bowl. Yeah,
1: it'd be the same as like an international game, wouldn't it? You get you lose that, but. Yeah, but it's like a high
2: school field, it's not like playing at Wembley or, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Is the Aztec Arena they play at in Mexico? I don't know, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the other point is other than this being a blatant money grab from the owners following the TV deals, I mean, it's so transparent. (laughs) It's the fact that it kills the statistics record.
1: I hate that, I really
2: hate that. Yeah, it's like when the, the, everyone is going to break the um, yardage records for every category. I mean, I get that you'll do per season and all that, but it's not as fun.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's true, actually. Like, all the records that you're you sort of looking towards as being like the, the, these amazing achievements have now become much easier to attain. Yeah, and the, and the fact
2: that that it's been easier anyway with the passing league, like the top quarterbacks aren't necessarily the top quarterbacks of all, all time. But it's going to be even more so now. Not only the passing rules now favouring offences, but with an extra game, they're going to put up huge numbers. I reckon we'll probably see 6,000 yards, what, soon?
1: Yeah. yeah it's perhaps we'll do
2: something crazy like that, won't you, one year? Mm. Which
0: mean, feels weird. Feels weird. Yeah, as in, because as you said, it just sort of shifts all the parameters of what you gauge like an outstanding season to be. And you've sort of got to go back to square one and be like, okay, it's, well, that was an outstanding season. Yeah. yeah.
2: A thousand yard rushing receiving is like, if you don't do that now, mm. it's not going to be anywhere near as high. What's a thousand divided by 16, Matt? I
0: oh, don't ask for me. I'm retarded, Matt. <laughs> 62.5 yards a game. See, that sounds manageable. That sounds like a less big number to me. I mean, it is a, a that is a less big number. big
1: number. Congratulations, Matt. Boom!
2: I mean, the good news out of the scheduling is that all the games will be played in full stadiums. So that's even more revenue for the it's NFL. It's good news so we'll unless see...
1: you're a fan and you're going to get COVID. Yeah, money, so money, we'll money. see the
2: salary cap shoot back up next year. So congratulations to the few... Players that managed to hold out for a one-year deal, Juju, that was for you. But and Will Fuller, yeah, smart move, boys. This isn't a surprise, is it? Given the way America is at the moment.
0: Nah, it's the land play of the free. Loose, mate. The American way. What COVID?
1: It's the land of the free until it co- until it comes to crossing a road, and then all of a sudden it's jaywalking.
0: <laughs> what an odd analogy. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they were always going to be the first to do some crazy shit like that. Like, we probably shouldn't have full stadiums because, you know, global pandemic, but... Uh,
2: I want money. I want want a full stadium. You also know that because it's America, they can't go back on that now. If they get a second, third wave or whatever on now,
0: they can't be like... They're just going (laughs) to ride it. Yeah, it could be a car car. I mean, hopefully, they absolutely shoot us off and it works really well and They don't see a spike in COVID cases in some crazy fantasy land where it all works brilliantly. But I mean, yeah, straight off the bat, it seems too soon to be doing that sort of stuff, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, NFL fans anyway, the crowds are overrated. Just going to put it out there.
0: Whoa.
2: Wait, what do you mean? I mean, American fans are not good. It doesn't make it. I mean, did you really see any difference in being empty stadiums? No, it doesn't really look like it. you've got
1: like the hardcore fans, like the ones in Green Bay. Like I've got respect for them, but in terms wow. of like most stadiums, like our football stadiums over here, like outdo them one hundred percent. Like from from what you can hear over the, over the audio, like you, you've been to um Eagle Stadium, haven't you, Sam? I have.
2: What was that like compared to like an English football game? Seeing <laughs> as there was a prime time game against Dallas, it was pretty good. Okay, fair play. But if and also, I he sports that... Arsenal.
0: He doesn't know what crowd. Oh, of, like... that
2: is true. Yeah outrageous claim but I mean if we're going there if I'm comparing it to going to Ellen Road it's not really the same thing Mm. but that's because it's Ellen Road (laughs) fine finding me a middle ground stadium I don't know but that's the thing isn't it Eagles-Cowboys in prime time in Philadelphia is supposed to be one of the big ones like the teams that are loud fans sort of make a vague noise or shout (laughs) defence
1: shout defence
0: yeah that's true
2: uh, on
1: that note it is incredibly funny when like the American um, soccer fans when they start singing chons as well in
0: their accents oh amazing some is, of them are getting better comedy,
1: at it it's comedy gold Some of them
0: they're really trying and you know it's an av- to be fair to them we've had years and years of top quality football to hone our chance into being offensive and hilarious mm, give them yeah. time they'll it's, grow it's, it's the and they were set well back, back
2: sounds at weird. least 50 years by that one come on Seattle guy yeah, yeah. Because that was bad. That was
0: real bad. They and had to t- tear it up and start again.
1: Think of it like this: it's, it's like them sing them singing like English, like um football chants in American accent. Is like when English people try and sing with an English accent, it sounds weird. What? Like you know how English, like, English singers like when they sing, they sound they've got like an American t- like twang to their voice. Yeah. They pronounce stuff. It's like the, it's the same sort of thing with the football chants, but just the other way around. It
2: just sounds a bit off, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. They're not helped by the fact that it all has to be family-friendly crowds. Yeah, it does yeah, restrict true. what you can do, but at the same time, it's like grow up
0: America, like exactly. elsewhere. Again, London's the, the free goes to Ellen Road. It's not helped that they've got to be family-friendly Charles. You Can't be swearing.
2: Yeah, I mean they're just so standardised. I think is the issue. There's no creativity. Mm. Yet. and what I'm saying is give them a chance. Although to be fair, when it when it comes to Wembley, we haven't exactly picked it up and brought some English esque chance to that. So, so maybe yeah, we need but, to start looking at ourselves.
1: That's because English English football fans hate American football or any sport that isn't English football for, the, mean, for the most part. I disagree. Yeah, I'm so, right. For the most part, you ask someone like you ask a Millwall fan, do you like American football? And we'd have to <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have to bleep out most of what they say. I guarantee you. <laughs>
0: Nice. NFL the international series games. To be honest, I th- I think the crowd's quite good at yeah. the international they're series fun games I've been to. Stuff,
2: But I, but I haven't yet heard some like sort of classic style chants yet.
1: What like Tom Brady's magic, he wears a magic hat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that so that one's Dan. Could you sing it for us? <laughs>
1: I'm completing the directs as we speak. I'll get back to you when it's finished.
2: Okay. <laughs> that would be good. Why don't we do that in the, leading up to the um, International Series game? Let's create some chance. We should do.
0: Belichick had a dream to build a football team.
1: <laughs> I think we'd just get a the fuck out of um, Gridiron yeah, memes for would. that to be honest with you.
2: It will. Be fun. All right, so footballing news that we've actually had again it's, it's really nice how it's coming out sort of one per week for us to talk about during draft it's perfect, season perfect isn't it it's, it's almost like they're planning it for us but we get a rare triple trade love to see it adjacent between the san francisco 49ers miami dolphins and philadelphia eagles mm-hmm. so we'll start with the niners what do we think in terms of return was it worth them moving up from 12 to three Right, I'm going, to, I'm going to stand by my statement that I say
1: every time we talk about trading up for a quarterback. If you like your guy, go get him.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, at yeah. the end of the day, if you, if you think he's very valuable to you and you think he's going to be your franchise quarterback, then you've got to go for him because they come they come very, very, very rarely. So I think it was a good move for them. And if they pick up what will likely be Justin Fields, I think it
2: will pay off for them. In that yeah, offense. except all the rumours are that it's Matt Jones. Which, really? Ignoring any analysis we have Mm. about Matt Jones or Fields or Trey Lance, who we have ranked higher, do we not think that they probably didn't need to trade all the way up to three for Matt Jones? Yeah, definitely not. You didn't need to trade to three for Matt Jones.
1: I don't know. I really don't know. I think if someone else had traded up to three, they would have taken Fields and then Matt Jones would have probably gone four.
0: Not Not Lance. That's fair.
1: Actually, no, to the Falcons... You'd want to take a developmental guy who can sit you. You might want to go for yeah. a higher ceiling. You would want to go for a higher ceiling back. guy. Yeah, that's true. What do you even? Where do you even start with Atlanta though?
2: If I'm Atlanta, what they like to do is sort of draft some of the first they don't necessarily need yet. What about Julio Jones' replacement, Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase, that
1: could be interesting. Yeah. Don't do it.
2: Don't do it. You no, just love let him
1: fall, Julio
0: Jones. Let him fall. Let him fall to six oh that'll be your other motive 100 but yeah i mean to to sort of echo your points down in terms of if you believe in that guide, then it, it's almost irrelevant what it costs to a certain extent i yeah. mean they did give up a lot i i don't know i think as as you said slew is a valid point about if it is mac jones i don't think they need to go to three to get mac jones I, I mean, I. the only thing I can think of is, for me, it's got to be Fields, is that other outside of, you know, we're assuming obviously Trevor Lawrence is going one huge knockings that Wilson's going to be coming off straight off after him after that ridiculous pro day. Um, for me, I think Fields is the only one who has got that mix out of the rest of them has got that mix of like, like amazing potential and also like could bring something early doors i think matt jones has got a high floor but a low ceiling and trey Trey lance is too much of a gamble gamble at this point potentially
2: i also don't really really get the matt jones thing based on the fact that they seem pretty sold on keeping jimmy for this year as well yeah that adds a weird element that makes
1: it weird it's like if you want a guy to develop go for the guy with the higher ceiling yeah if you want a guy to play now Put in Matt Jones, but it's... yeah, and
2: I'm, I'm not going to say Matt Jones isn't better than Jimmy because I think he he's probably oh, yeah. more accurate. He's probably a little bit more mobile and better on the move. Probably get better, and he probably well, reads like the it. game a bit better. But mm. I don't think he's enough of an upgrade, and stylistically as well, to make it worth trading all the way up there.
1: Mm. I mean. You do have to take all of these pre-draft rumours and pre-draft statements with a little bit of a pinch of salt because it was only a few years ago that Josh Rosen
0: was our guy. But... That's what I was and thinking. We that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Are we going to have another Josh Rosen is our guy situation where it's like, but he's not, is he? You know he's not.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of an unnecessary smokescreen as well because we are the number one overall pick. So
2: Yeah. Mm. I mean, I not does the Matt Jones rumours, does it... Make a bit more sense when you look at the quarterbacks that Shanahan's had success with—Cousins, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah.
1: What I would also add on that is that they did skip um, Justin Fields' like pro day today. They were going to be the, so to be to be at the Alabama one instead, but um, he is holding another one tomorrow that they can attend.
2: But is that not a bit weird? That is odd, isn't it? What, for forty nines Niners to miss it or for him to hold another one?
1: No, for them to miss it, to miss the original. I know they're going to get their fix of Justin Fields tomorrow, but still that's really Maybe Ba, really ba- maybe Bammer's only doing it once.
0: So if maybe. Fields is doing it again, then I yeah, do should... I feel like with Pro Days as well, like I don't know if it's as important that, you know, you're Especially there this, in yeah. person.
1: Yeah, especially this year as well with the timings and stuff. It's exactly. absolutely ridiculous. Like everyone's I, running a four four now, everyone's running a four three. It's absolutely crazy. Like you cut they come to the league, these guys are not as fast as you think they are. No. You watch the film, that's how you tell a guy speed apart. Forty yard dash time, how fast they can sprint from a three point stance, it doesn't matter on game day.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean on that note, that could explain a little bit more why they went to the Bama one. Because Fields' arm strength pops on film. You don't need to verify that in your arms. You may want to see what jo- Matt Jones' arm is like in person. No, but they're going,
1: they're, going to see it. they're going to Ohio State tomorrow to see Fields
2: live. Yeah, but that's why you might take precedence first, because you never know if it was okay. going to be the other way oh, yeah, yeah. like around. If you had to choose between the two, Matt Jones is see? more you yeah. want to see in person than Fields is.
1: Yeah, you'd want to, because obviously um, the teams can instruct... They can sort of command the drills a bit as well and ask, I want you to do this and see if you can do this. And I assume that would be their priority with Mac Jones because obviously he had immense success, which most Alabama QBs do. So maybe they want to put him through his paces a bit more mm. and yeah, true. be able to c- control his
2: workout a bit more. The only thing I'd care about Mac Jones seeing him is how the ball comes out of his hand.
0: Yeah. yeah that'd you
2: know, be it. Because I, I, I know he can read a defence. I've seen that this year. I want to know if he has a good arm.
1: I want to see him after the play breaks down and what he does then, whether he can make off-platform throws I know it's not necessary but it's becoming more commonplace these days for your quarterback to be able to make these Mm. improvisational moves escape the pocket turn a broken play into five yards or a first down and yeah these wacky just off-platform throws whether he can do this sort of stuff because although it's not yeah it's not required it's becoming more and more common in the NFL these days
2: Mm. yeah less so with Shanahan because he gets them on the move all the time just rolling out but yeah we'll see we won't know until, when is it, April 28th, 29th? April
1: 28th, tw- yeah, I think it's, I think uh, the first round's 28th, yeah.
2: April 28th. Exciting stuff. Second team this draft, who dropped all the way down to 12, then bounced straight back up to six. There were a lot of rumours that they would replace to a... Doesn't look like that's going to come to fruition.
0: Nope.
2: All hail Laramie Tunsil.
0: yes. Did you see? Um, did you guys see Laramie Tunsil? Uh, I don't know if he tweeted it or Instagrammed it, but like a picture of him as the statue outside that of was, Hard Rock um, Stadium.
1: That was posted by um, Nvl originally, National Vintage League, and then he he reshared it on his story, which I thought was pretty cool.
0: Amazing. I mean, I love Laramie Tunsil. What an investment.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic trade that's um...
2: just keeps giving.
0: Yeah, if he yeah, never keeps
2: picked keeps up keeps that keeps bong, giving. what would have happened to Miami's future? <laughs>
0: that's so true actually wow but yeah I mean I I loved everything about this uh, saga with dolphins I think 100% we didn't need to be at 3 if we if we were going to get if, if we were sold on tour and we would just like find the best weapon we can we didn't need to do that at 3 so get a ton of value move back to 12 where you probably get a pretty decent Weapon, And we'll touch on that in a bit more detail later on. But I liked the aggressive move to jump back up to six and be like, actually, fuck it. We're going to get like our choice of the weapon. We're going to get what we think is the best receiver in the draft.
1: Yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic because the likelihood is this year that those quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three, four, maybe even five. There might be five consecutive quarterbacks taken because of how it's just a passing league nowadays. Mm. And you're seeing it six, and your pick selection has not been affected by the fact you've dropped down three places. Instead, you've added draft capital, so you're in the same situation effectively with even more draft capital. So it's just a complete win-win. Like, even if Jamar Chase gets taken, hey, Penace there and vice versa. Yeah, It's just a really, really smart trade from the Dolphins' point of view, and I really like
2: it. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because I was thinking, oh, if you get a receiver at this point, is it worth the effective two first rounds you gave up? But you're right. You can't just view this trade in a vacuum. It's part of a bigger move. You still got all the San Francisco picks next round. It's like moving from three to six and getting a first next year. Yeah,
1: it's fantastic.
2: I mean, I'm assuming the Dolphins don't move down from three unless they have this deal with the Eagles in place.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you could tell that with how quickly the turnaround yeah. was between the three. It was like, oh, the Dolphins have done this thing and then it's like, and now they've done another thing. So it's like, yeah, that was that was Very a good cool. pipeline. Very fun stuff. Mm. Good wheeler dealing yeah. from Chris Career. Yeah.
2: Okay, so hypothetically,
0: Stan's argument holds up.
2: Five quarterbacks go first five picks, which would be oh, insane. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Do the Dolphins go generational O-linemen?
0: or whichever your favourite receiver is slash tight end Oof. you know I mean a part of me would kind of want us to go Suell just because of just it just it goes full circle then, doesn't it you get rid of Larry Tunsil <laughs> and then a few years down the line you get a bunch of draft capsules yeah. and draft and just sure the poetry for it yeah it exactly would be amazing. Like, it would
1: be a pretty cool move
0: the storyline would just be perfection but
1: it depends how much you value um, Devontae Parker as your ex-receiver
2: yeah that's true. or if you feel he could play another role in the offense, yeah, do you think that Chase and Parker are a bit too similar to coexist?
1: I think I think Jamal Chase is a far more talented player than Devonte Parker is hundred percent. Oh,
2: yeah, I'm not questioning that, but based on what you've paid Parker, like you're not going to get rid of him, and he's the best receiver on the roster already. yeah, hundred percent.
1: Um, and especially to the fact that you've got Preston williams as well who sort who could sort of play x as well so <laughs>
0: we end up with lots of suddenly end up with loads of biggins yeah um, which yeah, I don't know it's difficult i i i do really think that they want a receiver i think all of the painful to watch like wide receiver units we we were putting out towards the back end of the season because of injuries and and stuff and like just the amount of drops and bad wide receiver play last season I do really think that Brian Flores and Chris Greer were like Chris, Chris <laughs> Greer Brian Flores and Chris Greer were like nah we can't we can't have that we like right. we need quality on the outside right. and there is also the argument that you can't have too much you can't have too many good weapons right
1: hear me out yeah, so drawing back on what we said earlier in the podcast. No, and moving on. No, 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 hang on a second. Was this before the podcast or during the podcast when we were talking about Mike Kosicki? Before. 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 So before we were talking about um, Penn State tight ends and how Mike Kosicki only ever lines up outside as a flex, then Matt, you mentioned that your Dolphins didn't have any many slot receivers last year. Like the only one was Jakeem Grant, and he's obviously not the
2: greatest. Jade yeah. Waddle. I think there's at a good six. chance for that. At
0: six, though, yeah, a lot of people have like, right? them
2: as their best guy, but yeah, Jaden Waddle
1: six, Devonta Smith six. You could go either way.
0: I feel like Jaden Waddler's six would be so high for.
1: Why? Who else would you take there?
0: I would, I would sure. take Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith at six. Yeah, if you're
1: going, if you're going, level. if you're going to push for the playoffs this year, which you will do, would you rather get a third X receiver? Or a slot receiver who's like potentially one of the best receivers to come out of Bama in the last twenty years.
0: The thing is, though, like the Dolphins have slot options, Who? they just can't stay healthy. But like... why,
1: why, why would you want Albert Wilson or Ja'Keem Grant over Jayden Waddle? The drop off between Ja'Keem Grant, Albert, and Albert Wilson, and then to um. Jane and Waddle is far greater than between Devo- um, Devontae Parker and Jamar Chase that's not a slight on Jamar Chase it's just me yeah. saying
2: that unless they think yeah. that they can fit both of them into the offence the worry I have with that is that neither of them are particularly great separators yeah and two has already shown a is. bit of a reticence to you know throw it Doesn't into like those 50, tighter 50 windows balls. wait you saying yeah. that Jane and
1: Waddle isn't a separator
2: no I'm saying Jamal Chase and Devonta Parker.
1: Okay, yeah, fair play. They're, I mean, yeah. not
2: that they're worse receivers, but they're more big, body you out, this is my ball, yeah. you're not
1: getting near Yeah, it. that's fair. That's and why I think Jalen Waddle could add such a threat to that offence because he could, he could stretch the field really effectively. And he's incredibly fast. He's like Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs rolled into one player. He's awesome. Really, he's really a chunky
2: speed player. guy rather than those thinner ones you see. Yeah. I don't think we've ever I've ever heard that phrase
0: before. A Chucky chunky speed, speed guy. guy. I like it.
2: Because yeah, you know when you get those speed guys and they are just really slight, it's like you're not going to hold up. Tavon get... Austin. Tavon Austin, yeah. And you just need a guy with a little bit more bulk about them. Yeah,
1: I love this. I love this podcast. We invent our our own draft cliches. There.
0: Yeah. I mean, on a personal note as well, Stan. Going back to the jane and model stuff, I've firmly. Nailed my flag to the mast in terms of Jakeem Grant multiple times on this podcast. So it's true. <laughs> it would be borderline slander for me to then go, "Yeah, we'll draft Jalen Waddle for the slot." I mean, you were big on Jam- um,
2: Jakeem Grant until he got on the field consistently on offense. Yeah, then he he
0: let me down.
1: Maybe Waddell. it might have time to um pass on and just uh, walk away from your love with of uh, Grant. And uh, no, I'm dying on that hill, it, mate. Invest in um, Jalen
2: Waddle instead.
0: I'm dying on that hill. Jakeem's got a, a breakout season this time at age, what, nearly 28? Yeah, I'm, I'm got...
2: sure we'll see a video of Jakeem Graham working out with Till at some point in the off It's like, right, breakout season, here it comes. It's here. It's coming. And then he'll do
0: his hamstring for the umpteenth time in week two or something.
1: Yeah, that's like how everyone was getting hyped over Dwayne Haskins because he was working out every day of the off-season. Yeah. <laughs> and what did we see?
2: Uh, Not much. <laughs> Not much at all. <laughs> Okay, so the final team in this trade, Philadelphia Eagles moving down from 6 to 12. And at the time, I was gutted. I think that's because I'd basically... I'd fallen in love with Jamar Chase, basically. You know when you fall in love with that one draft prospect and it's like, ah, it's not going to happen. But a little bit of time separated, I don't hate it as much. Yeah. Partially because... Is this like last
1: year's draft with with the um, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson situation? No, this is not like that.
0: Slew had a full-on meltdown on that day. For people listening, we watched the draft with Slew and he imploded upon that pick happening.
2: Prove from right, trust
0: your gut. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, so you, so you like this now? You're, you're okay with it?
2: Yeah, but only because we need so many players and how he doesn't have a good record of draft analysis so you've got to hope that more chances mean at least you'll hit something when you throw a dart at the board i mean there's a potential having three first round picks next year and that can basically change a rebuilding team in one move
1: yes the new gm
2: will have a load of picks this this trade shows that um how he's not going to go anywhere really he wouldn't have made this trade if he was on if he was on the hot seat that's a good
0: point actually like yeah that's a very good point. Maybe I'm interested to see who you think is the guy at 12 that, that you're going to end up taking then.
2: I mean, there's a pretty good chance it'll be someone good. So we're assuming that... We'd really hope so the number by 12. 12 overall pick. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, I'm about to read you who's going to be available, provided five of those top 12s are quarterbacks, which I'd be surprised if they aren't. Yeah. like They're not going to get past the Panthers. No. Sorry, No, so, which leaves the following prospects... Panaceal, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddell, Patrick Sertain, Rayshon Slater, Devonta Smith, or JC Horn.
1: Or Caleb Farley, the best corner in the class.
2: But you ain't ready for that conversation yet. Fine, We're not ready for that conversation. But either way, two of whichever your top three cor- corners are. And if the worst co- um, prospects out of that list are those two corners, that is a huge need for us. So, it's, so even yeah. if we're drafting for need... I don't hate it. If we end up with one of those players at twelve, I'm not totally against that.
1: I'd really like really? Rashawn Slater to go to the Eagles because he's a plug in really? left tackle. He's an he's a really really talented guy. In terms We've of
2: got two left tackles, <laughs> they've loaded at left. Tackle. Oh, he can play. He can play guard too. Oh, excellent. I mean, to be fair, he's probably better than the two that we have. But exactly, yeah, he's
1: he's a very very talented talented guy. He completely um, shut down Chase Young in the last season. He played like incredible mm-hmm. no, at
2: least, I mean the second thing we need is we either need receiving help or mm-hmm. like cornerback help like I said and there should be one guy there that will be a plug and play guy in week one that's better than the options we have Yeah,
1: I, yeah. Think, I think Farley might be gone by then I think he, he'll be gone shortly after the quarterbacks but yeah Certaine should do be there for sure
0: I like certain I think certain's solid
1: yeah he's He's just a solid guy. He's not going to be like one of those elite guys in the NFL purely because he just d- doesn't have the speed to be that elite. But in terms of his technique, he's pretty flawless, mm. and he's very—he's a physical guy too,
2: but not so much that he's a PI liability like JC Horn is. But he'll also start lining up against number two guys because you got yeah. Slay on the other side of the yeah, field. Yeah, no,
1: that's true. That's very, yeah. very
0: true.
2: That's a nice he-
0: sort of eased introduction.
1: Yeah, he's a great man corner.
0: So but, Yeah, maybe not, not a bad move at all then from
2: the Eagles point of view. Not a bad move. And the second thing it means is that that they're wait, what was I gonna say? I, it. I forgot the name of the bloody quarterback.
1: Jalen Hurts.
2: Jalen Hurts. how don't think my quarterback. How
1: now. have you forgotten your own? Quarterback <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you better leave this in because the Because I don't I don't really have the, the, the idea broadcast. that he wasn't
2: even gonna be the corner uh, quarterback next year, but now it turns out he will be. Definitely. So you're in a situation with him that he's either has a decent season and he's something you can build with or he absolutely shits to bed and we're drafting near the top anyway next year to get a quarterback
1: yeah that's true so you said the situation could be where you have three first round picks next year so obviously yeah, one then provided would be the
2: Colts start wins.
1: okay so what about really? the Colts start wins shit the bed end up with a top 10 pick you're you're laughing there
2: that'd be fantastic yeah miami's tour isn't great either then we get that three top ten picks you slander. slander. No, Miami defense is too good to be that bad this year. Yeah, yeah, and also the offense will have
0: weapons that can catch.
1: And the quarterback can throw downfield. Oh,
2: wait. Give him a chance.
0: We don't even know if it's about ability to, it's about yeah. wanting to. It, it didn't, I mean, with two, he, Just he played the simple, right. didn't. Didn't trust his receivers last season. I think was the crux of it. Like, <clears> and, <throat> and a lot <throat> of that was on <throat> <throat> that card this year. He no, one hundred percent. Yeah, you definitely can't. And I think that's why we will go receiver at six because it takes that whole "oh, I don't trust who I'm throwing to" thing away. Because it's like, dude is the sixth pick in the draft. Like, just throw him the fucking ball. Um, and if you can't do it, then something's wrong with you, not him. Like. <clears throat> That's how you evaluate Tua for me in the in his second year.
2: Do you have confidence?
0: Yeah, I do have confidence. Matt's undying
2: confident. He's always confident. That's yeah. confident. Does Matt Jones' success worry you a little bit
0: that it was a system thing? Not at all. Not at all. Um, never say it again. Um, now, nah, I, I think. You know, I think they're both good quarterbacks. I think Tua's got a higher ceiling than Mac Mac Jones for Doubtedly. sure. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just because Mac Jones was also very good for Alabama, I don't think that dis you know, that does a disservice to how good Tua was at times at Alabama as well. I think as we said, Tua's struggle is he doesn't trust his receivers and he doesn't make enough of those 50-50 balls that, and those tight window throws because he's too worried about the turnover, or or, you know, something going wrong. He
1: needs some quarterbacking cool lessons from Nick Foles. I feel.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I feel Nick like Foles it was really that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was fascinating that I mean, obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick had a good influence on Tour in a number of different ways. I was really <laughs> benching him, <laughs> <laughs> but as in like that relationship from a, what we've heard a lot was you know quite beneficial. I, I, it did really frustrate me how it's like, you've got Fitzpatrick who will literally throw it at anything. Like your your guy could be triple covered and Fitzpatrick's like, ah, there's a chance and lob it. And then you've got Tua who's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Who's like, unless he's three yards open, there's no chance I'm going to throw this ball. And like, it was really frustrating that that didn't change throughout the season. Like I kind of wanted Fitzpatrick to just be in his ear, like dude, throw the fucking ball. He was only double covered.
1: Yeah, you see a white and blue jersey, just lob it.
0: Yeah. So that was something that I kind of hoped would rub off a bit more on her. But yeah, who knows? Hopefully next season. I mean, we it may see.
2: partially be injury based. Like he's not able to fully swing through his throws with his hip. Would True. they
1: put, would they put him in the game though, if he wasn't able to as a rookie where they don't even need him to start if he's got an injury? I don't
2: think so. It may not be injured, injured. But it's the old saying when football coaches love, if you're, you're not injured, you're hurt kind of thing. And if you're hurt, yeah. you can still play. Yeah, that's true. And he'll have told them that he was fine, even if he wasn't 100%, because that's what professional athletes do. You've got to stay hungry for the Crimson Tad. <laughs> I love that saying. It's such a if weird you know. moment from Brett Favre. If you know, you know. So we touched on two of the weapons before in Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. The third one, who seems to have basically plummeted down draft boards despite winning the Heisman and (laughs) on the conclusion of the college football season was being like compared to Reggie Wayne and the next big thing. What's going on with Devonta Smith and is it
1: over analysis? I think it's a similar thing to what's happened to Justin Fields' draft stock as well. The slander has gotten a bit too far, I think, purely because of the success of another guy. Like Everyone's taking a second look at Jalen Waddle when they realise, hang on a sec, he didn't play the full season, but he was more productive in those games. Sure, yeah. you could make an argument that Jalen Waddle is a better receiver, but like, that should not be a slight on Devonta Smith's talent because he's an incredibly talented receiver. Yeah. And you can manufacture all the touches you want. To win a Heisman in college football, it takes some doing, and that shouldn't be yeah. taken away from him. Obviously, it's a stats award, but the yards he managed to get out of like some like ridiculously hard situations where he's got guys all over him, he could just wriggle himself free, and that's part of the benefit of him being a smaller, lighter guy. He's more agile, quick, like great short space speed. And yeah, that's just that's just my argument for this one. Yeah, I, I think on that's minutes. the thing though, just isn't it? Just, no just because doubt- Waddle's good,
2: that's the thing. No one doubts his ability. It's a <clears throat> question whether his slightness, as you mentioned, is that going to be a problem in the league.
1: That, that is a concern, a genuine concern that I do have of him. However, yeah, I just think the slander's gotten a bit too far and, like, the sleeping on him's just gotten too far.
0: Yeah. I I think, as you mentioned as well, slew like, over analysis plays a part because we don't have any football to watch right now. You've kind of just stuck with the stats. Like, that weight issue sort of stands out a lot more and is something that is, is more becomes more pressing because you've got nothing else to look at, right? Yeah. Um, it is a bit of a concern. You you do worry about the potential longevity of him if he is if that is his playing weight and will be his playing weight, then that for me is a potential red flag in terms of picking up injuries and stuff. Yeah. Um yeah, the difficult thing with Devontae Smith, uh, it is weird because he is a really, really talented receiver and I think a lot of it gets glossed over because, as you said. Bama receiver, they always do well, like great system you know, and now that people are getting higher on Mac Jones as well, I think people are questioning like, oh, you know, he's got a really good quarterback to play with as well so makes it easier this, yeah. that and the other and yeah, as you said, his ability is sort of getting disrespected in that, in that sense because there it's is just... a really, really good receiver there.
1: Yeah, he's a really talented guy and it sh- does show up on tape It's just to put things into perspective, he's 170 pounds, which is 79 kilograms, which obviously we'll be more familiar with over here. Mm. That That is not much for a football player at all. My worry is he's going to really struggle versus press coverages and and physical corners, maybe navigating amongst linebackers as well at the second level. It's going to be really, really tough for him because this, most NFL receivers are at least 20 pounds heavier than him.
0: Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. It'll know. be interesting to see if that's... You know that's the weight that he's hanging his hat on as well to as a playing weight. Like I sometimes think we would do be. see people put weight on her for the season. Otherwise, he well, this got... is this thing, right? Like he put
1: on ten. He's put on ten pounds since um, his official weigh-in with Bama. Like he was one hundred and sixty during the season. He's one hundred and seventy now.
0: Oof.
2: The thing is with the weight, you either think his talent is good enough, or that weight is always going to make someone undraftable in the first round. It depends yeah. on where the front office falls on it.
1: It's just a red flag because what you want in the first round is just a 100% guarantee. You want a plug-and-play guy with a high ceiling. That's what you want. And if there are red flags, like him being lighter, that could push him down draft boards. And It's it's just yeah. a really difficult situation to evaluate because, obviously, he won the Heisman. He's a very talented football player, but there's a weight issue. And I think it's different to Kyler Murray being a short quarterback at like 5'11", because that's not as pressing issue at the quarterback position yeah. as it is elsewhere on the football field where you've got big grown beefy men shoving each other around essentially <laughs> for, for want of better analysis
0: that I just what a beautiful provide. way to describe professional american football
2: do you think that's what separated chase um yeah chase from smith as well the fact that chase went up against a lot of cornerback ones and beat them mano a mano potentially yeah.
1: He's better in open field, and he doesn't rely on manufactured touches. Like I'm not going to take away from his talent just because he had manufactured touches, like through Sarkeesian's RPO game. But it's it's the fact that um, Chase can go downfield, compete for fifty fifty balls. He can separate well as well. He's outstanding after the catch too. And he's an ex. He's an ex receiver. Like it's more, instantly more valuable, I think, than Smith is. Potentially,
2: yeah. I don't he's know cool. if he's... In, I yeah. mean, if Smith... If the weight doesn't play a factor, then he's just as good as any prospect.
1: Yeah. Yeah, see, he's just a different player to chase. I think, just doubling back on my previous argument, actually, there are different players because obviously you've got a slot-slash-number-two guy and then you've got Jamar Chase, who's very much a number-one X receiver
2: Yeah, I mean, it depends on what offense he's in because if yeah. if he ends up in one of these Shanahan-esque that basically yeah. is half the league now, exactly, then it they, really they put more precedence on route-running ability anyway. And so, just speed
1: and raw speed. Like look at Brandon Aik last year. He's not a massively talented route runner. He's not massively just like talented in that aspect. But he's a big physical quick athlete. And it worked really, really well for him.
2: Yeah, so yeah. I mean the rest of the draft build is a really receiver we'll heavy draft. But before that, Pitts, who has been height as sure a thing as a tight end prospect as you get can get, where would you place him around those top three? Would you put him behind them all or would you want him before them? Mm.
1: I don't know. I, I've found I found it really difficult to sort of place him amongst yeah. these players purely because he's a tight end and in my head that's like, ah, oh, he should be lower down on draft board because of positional value. He's only a tight end. But if you look at the things he's able to do and his athletic ability, then that does sort of make you want to question that almost stigma against tight ends in the first round.
2: Like, yeah, it could be a more polished Dan Waller.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing, because obviously he's not going to be your typical blocking tight end. He's going to have his ha- hand in the dirt, and he might run like a a post route every so often. Like he's, he's gonna, a receiving tight end. Yeah, he's a receiving tight end. He's going to be more of your Mike Gesicki last year type. He doesn't line up with his hand in the dirt. He's out running routes and just making the most of matchups because mm. that is what he does best. And he's he's an amazing fifty fifty ball catcher. Like his athletic ability allows him to get up there, and he's got
2: very very sure hands as well. Great great with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head, and this is why I disagree with all the people saying, "Oh, move him to receiver." If you keep him at tight end, you can take up take advantage yeah. of so many more matchups than you would have done if he you moved into receiver. I mean. He's not, you know, say primarily a hand of the dirt player, but he's a very willing blocker. If not a great, so he's not a great one, but yeah, he's he's willing to do so. So I think, yeah, you have to you be could, great. You have just got to be there to get a chip on someone. Exactly. Most of the time. So he, he's not he's not going to be a Kittle. That's not what he is. But he could pretty easily be Kelsey. I mean, there's no, he's a big guy still. I mean, he's a bit lighter than a lot of tight ends, but he's six foot five. Hmm. Beast.
1: A
0: beast. Yeah.
2: He's a beast, a big bumbling beast, or whatever you call them. A
0: big, big burly beast. Um yeah, it's it's difficult with Pitts, isn't it? Like my gut instinct is to put him behind those top three that we talked about.
1: Yeah, just because he's a tight end, like that's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, we
0: like, and it's it's a difficult sort of prejudice to get away from because when you actually watch him and you watch film on him, like there's an argument that he's has the potential to be more of a game wrecker on any given day and then- than than those guys on any given Sunday exactly <laughs> like he is just as effective as those big name guys um and deserves that sort of respect the only worry is like I said he's a tight end and traditionally we've seen that be a difficult position to transition from from college to the NFL although I would caveat by saying I think a lot of that's to do with blocking as opposed to receiving tight end, like there's a diff. There's definitely an up in intensity and, and skill needed to be able to block effectively as a tight end. I don't NFL. think you.
1: I don't think you need to be a skilled blocker because it's not like when you're when you're lined up on the line of scrimmage outside a left tackle, you're not expected to drop back and like do a kick step and essentially be like a, an outside ta- like a tackle on the line.
0: No.
1: You're gonna chip the guy, release on a route, or if you're run blocking, then
2: it's then that's when you become like an extension to the offensive line. But that's the thing, it depends on what you asked to do. If you're a run-heavy team and you're a TJ Hopkinson, that's what you're going to be drafted to do. So you need to be an effective blocker for a team to keep you on a lot of the field, which is why we don't see them have immediate impact, like Matt was saying. Mm. Yeah, I get that you necessarily don't need Pitts to be a blocker, but if you want to keep a balanced team and you don't want to be right, Pitts is on the field, they're going to be passing. Yeah,
1: Yeah, because he did block at Florida and they do run the ball like a fair amount of Florida as well. Yep. And he was on all, in on all the, those plays. He's going to see a very high snap count in year one because of the versatility he, had, he adds. It's not like a blocking tight end where you're going to take him out on passing plays. Mm. You're going to leave him in on both passing and run plays. He's going to get a very high snap like, usage from the day from day one. And that's why he warrants a high pick as well because
2: he's going to see a lot of field and he's going to get a lot of touch of the old football. Yeah. So... In the in the weapon-heavy draft that we've been there's been spoken about all off-season, who are the other receiving weapons that you like?
1: I really like um, Kadarius Tony, out, also out of Florida. Like mm. despite the fact that obviously you've got uh, Kyle Trask had a great season, Kyle Pitts had a great season, Kadarius Tony stood out a lot on film. Like he's a smaller guy as you've mentioned before, Slu, but his route running ability is exceptional and he has incredible incredible hands. As a slot guy, I think he'd instantly go into the league and be one of the top slot receivers. Like He's honestly that good. Wow. The, the big slight on him is his height, but he's such a fluid route runner. He's so crisp as well with the way he like transitions out of his cuts. He's a very, very talented player, and he's being overshadowed, I do think, by these top three guys. Like, they deserve all the hype they're getting. But just bear in mind, Tony's there, and he's going to wreck games.
2: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, he's not especially short for a slot receiver if that's what you're drafting him for. I mean, 5'11", to be honest, you could probably play on the outside occasionally, depending yeah. on who you're up against. Yeah. And looking at the teams at the top end of the draft, he could actually end up falling quite a bit of the way down. Because you're looking at those early up, it's like, would you really pick a receiver there?
1: Yeah, it's, that's a very valid point. And slot receiver two may be slightly less of a value than other positions. So, yeah, I I do agree he will fall because of the the value and what else is going on in the class. However, I don't think he deserves to based on his raw talent.
2: Hmm.
1: I mean, he could reach your Cardinals looking at the order. I, we, we don't want a slot guy, really. We've got Christian Kirk there. He's going to be playing slot this year. Like I know he hasn't been outstanding in previous years, but that's because he's been forced to play more of a number two role. But now that we've got AJ Green out as our number two and Hopkins at one, we'll see a lot more at Kirk at three as the slot guy so I I don't think we'll see him as at the Cardinals I think we'll have to go in another direction probably
0: corner Come on probably corner yeah you need some corners I mean, that's a good point
1: we've got we have
0: got corners now I thought you now, get a bit more excited about you your tell. guy reaching you
1: yeah I, I do really like him I just don't think he'll be taken by us I'd, I'd rather there are other guys I'd rather have for our team mm.
0: the heart says yes but the brain says no
2: Exactly that, Matt. Okay, someone else at Stan's brain says no, that he hates, absolutely hates, doesn't understand the buzz for Rashad Bateman.
1: Hey, hey, yes. hey, hate, hate's <laughs> a bit strong. Hate is a bit strong. Don't I get just, the hype. I don't, I don't get the first round hype on Rashad Bateman. No. I think he's a pretty one-dimensional player and his speed is going to really hold him back at the next level, I feel. He's not explosive. Can he you got- run a 4-4? I could run a four four. These pro days
0: lie. <laughs> I mean that is that is a good point. To be fair, a lot of these unofficial four fours look very cheekily like four eights with some very very it's kind like unofficial.
1: A... Just watch him on game film. And he's not that fast. If he separates, he's a good he's a fast player. If he doesn't separate, he's not a fast player. It's pretty simple. Yeah, he's he's a good ex receiver at the college level but he doesn't have the speed he doesn't have the agility the explosiveness he's not that sort of track star guy that you want to be on playing on the outside hmm. uh, his route running is okay he attacks the ball well but he's he's too sluggish for me like I I don't really where's
0: see the him. hype come from with Bateman then like why is he getting so much attention 2019 season he, had a re-
2: he put up a lot of numbers yeah he did great. Really.
1: yeah he was very productive that year
2: he was their big RPO guy, so he had a lot of numbers. Yeah, manufactured touches, I think, is the
0: term we used earlier. Yeah,
1: Minnesota run quite a lot of heavy sets, so it does go up to the wide, like to the wide receivers, like the linebackers are playing much more on it. So a lot more is open over the middle, essentially.
0: Hmm. I think that's an interesting angle as well, like what you see college athletes do, and and I mean to to an extent in the NFL as well with free agents, like how much the game plan and the system that they're in actually showcases what they're good at. Yeah. Um, especially in, in you know, COVID times as well, when you've got limited film on people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just touching on um X receivers as well. If you do want an X receiver, who's not named Jamar Chase, I think you should look at Diami Di Brown from North, North Carolina. Carolina. Ooh. If, if you want a better Richard Bateman, go Diami Brown. He's quicker, faster, better route runner, And he's so explosive. He's a proper, proper track star athlete playing football and he's big. He can make these 50-50 balls. And yeah, he's an incredible runner too. I think he's been very much slept on. I I will admit I hadn't heard much about him until I heard um, Chris Sims mention him on his podcast. Went back, looked through the film. Really, really impressive guy. I think you're
2: underselling Bateman's route running ability,
0: to be fair.
1: I said he's okay. He's good. Nothing to to write home about.
2: He's good. He's great. He's the best of the class.
1: He's not the best of the class.
0: Doesn't butter. No parsnips, mate.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And if you were looking for a pure speed guy later outside of the first three, who'd you go for? Outside of the first three? Yeah.
1: Deep threat. Could we say include slot as well? No. Oh no no! Here we go. T- Tamori and Terry out of um, Florida State guy I came across last year actually whilst watching Cam Akers' film, like the running back from FSU. He's really really quick. He the two guys that stood out on that team were Cam Akers and Tamori Terry. Like they had an awful quarterback situation with um, James Blackman, dodgy O line as well. Those were the two guys who could consistently make plays with the ball in their hand, and he's really really fast. Like his his draft stock did get hurt this year because. He decided to soldier on through an injury and play the first two games this year. Had a very bad start because of that and the bad quarterback situation, and then just opted out. And that would have really hurt his draft stock as well. So I'd expect him to be probably a day three guy if we're being really
2: deep threat kind of guy as well. Not an intricate route runner.
1: No, no, he's really, really, really fast. He's big as well. I think he's like six foot four, six foot three. Damn. I think from, yeah. I
2: have six four in front of me. Six four, there you go. Six foot four, big geezer, take him. Okay, and we'll move on to the position that Stan believes shouldn't be drafted high, shouldn't be given money. I love it, watching running backs. And in Joe isn't here though. to defend them; it's running backs.
1: Hey, I love I love Perfect. scouting running backs. I think the draft is the best time to get running backs. So this is this is the season. This is the time of year where Stan is all for running backs.
2: Okay, <laughs> and the big question. Najee Harris or Travis Etienne?
0: Ooh, interesting. Go on, Matt. Let, let's hear your thoughts. I, I'm leaning more to towards Travis Etienne, to be honest. And I, I don't you speak know that why. reaction. <laughs> wow. I'm just,
1: I'm a big Najee Harris guy. I love wow. him. Wow. I, I, I like
0: mean, him. I can't quite put my finger on it with Etienne, but like, I just feel like when you watch film of him, he just jumps off the screen as being a super player um he seems more explosive that's what i mean yeah exactly you you notice him straight away when he's got the ball in his hands he's so quick and explosive out of his cuts and he has got he's got that home run ability whenever he touches the ball which is super exciting
1: harris has got the speed as well just because he's a bigger guy people undervalue his speed I, I really do think that Harris is a much more rounded back because he's a three-down guy. He's your power back. He's your normal running back out of just a normal single back set. He's your third-down back as well.
2: Yeah, he he's, didn't he... do himself any harms this year by showing sort of a hugely improved usage in the passing games. Yeah, like presumably he could do it before, but he really exploded yeah. in that. Aspect. I was re-
1: I was really really surprised actually how Najee Harris didn't declare for the draft last year. I thought he was going to come really? out last year and he could have he could have been a first-round pick. He stayed in. And he's managed to probably increase his value as well by showing he's a value in the passing game, which is a big thing in the NFL these days. You want to have a group of well-rounded backs rather than just your power guy, your speed guy, your third down guy. You want to have a a well-rounded group of backs. And Najee Harris fits that bill really, really well. Like, Etienne, he's a great player, but he's not quite Najee Harris.
2: (laughs) Although with the fewer teams that are running pure power football... There's definitely a use for Etn as an all-round back though this year, right?
1: Yeah. Running power for one, what a power team, with Etn.
2: No, no, I'm saying that because there are less teams that do a lot okay. of power runs. Like Etn is still likely to have a lot of value. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd say so. I just think he's not as able not to around. break, yeah, able to break tackles, and he's less dangerous at the line of scrimmage than Najee Harris is. What I love about Harris is he's a very patient runner. Like he will pre, you will press the holes and then he'll be able to explode. And I do I really do think that just because he's big doesn't mean he's not agile and quick as well. Because that, that's the thing that jumped off the film is me. He's just incredibly round and he can do it all pretty much, I think. Hmm.
0: I think it comes down to like your preferences stylistically with I don't the type think it of does. running back you want. I
1: don't think it does. I think if you want to really? it, Yeah. I, I I think he's that good of a player. And if we're talking about well-rounded backs as well, Javante Williams out of UNC should absolutely be in the conversation as a first-round back.
0: Really, as a yeah.
2: first-round back? Yeah. If if we're getting Whoa, wait wait, you have three running backs in the first round. No,
1: if you no no no, no. I don't have to... I don't think oh, you have go... him over ETN. I think he could go. I'm not saying he's better. I... Actually, no. I'm, dash. Just... I'm going to go. He's better than he's better than ETN. I think. Poppycock.
2: Boulder dash. Okay. No, no. Explain your point. Matt okay. is not the authority in any shape or form.
1: Okay, if you're saying if you're saying dash, just history. Let's just go back to the history books. Rarely are the best running backs in order of how they are is. They're, sorry, let me just rephrase that. Rarely is, is rarely the case that the order that a running back is drafted determines their success at the next level. Like it's rarely that <laughs> the first round back is better than second round back is better than third round back, and vice versa. So, although we've got all this hype around Travis Etienne and Najee Harris, they might not end up being the best back in this class. And we've seen that in past draft classes. Like, Javante Williams, although he did get a lot of touches, him and Michael Carter both got a lot of touches at UNC, out of, like, because it's it quite a pass-heavy, like, air raid offence. Like, the linebackers maybe were playing, like, a bit further off the line. Mm-hmm. But he's a very, very talented guy. What he's... What he's best thing I think is doing what sorry what his best trait is is his ability to break tackles as well like bouncing off tackles whilst providing speed as well he's a patient runner agile great cuts as well I I think he's very w- well-rounded as well much more rounded than Etienne is
2: and does that lack of huge number of touches is that almost a positive when it comes to draft running backs especially like you said yeah, on the tires. Michael Carter was also there who got a lot of touches once you show what you can do, you don't necessarily need to keep doing it over and over again in college. Yeah,
1: I think what's really impressive as well with the situation is that he managed to shine above Michael Carter, despite the fact they were sharing touches. And I think Michael Carter might have even finished with more yards than him. I'm not sure. I don't have
2: but, that on me right now.
1: But he, I think he's an incredible guy and he could be... If we're going to go on talent, he could be a first-round talent. He probably won't go because of um, positional value. Mm. But, yeah, second round's always an absolute gold goldmine for running backs.
2: Okay, there we go then. Over, under, one and a half running backs in the first round.
1: I'll take the under.
0: I could see Etienne and Harris going at the back end of the first. So I'm going to go over.
1: I, I like Harris to um, Buffalo.
0: I like Harris, Harris to Harris to Buffalo.
2: Okay, I like that. I like Buffalo yeah. taking a running back.
0: Yeah, and I, I think... think... I wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins went running back at eighteen. 18's, pretty high. 18's pretty high.
2: Okay, I can see that.
0: Maybe Pittsburgh at twenty-four.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah. They didn't Actually, re-sign James Connor, did they? Did James Connor sign a contract?
1: I don't know. Right, this is I don't embarrassing. Know, he's a bit crap, that. though. <laughs> I I don't recall his name popping up. It's quite a boring
0: name, though, isn't it? It's two first names. Currently, he's a free, free agent. Free agent, yeah, yeah. So yeah, right. so he, he well, might then. be back on a really small but, contract.
2: To be fair, but I don't know. I'll take the over. He's, he's definitely an early down goal line kind of guy, isn't he? Anyway, I'm, I'm going to
1: the I'm gonna take the over. I'm going to go for two. Two. Yeah, yeah same. He's one of so you've got to Pittsburgh. No, yeah. If you've got if you've got Miami there as well at 18, you've got Buffalo needing a running back. Like, like they could wait to the second. and They probably could get a good guy in the second. But not like a guy like Najee Harris. He's a, he's a rare talent.
2: Yeah, inclined to agree with you there. That's the <laughs> thing. The teams that could need running backs aren't near the back end of the draft. Which does that pour water on the fire of that running backs don't matter. Who are we to say? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's move on to tight ends. Archie, do you have any sleeping running backs before we do?
1: Sleeping running backs?
2: Running back sleepers. They're <laughs> um... sleeping. What was the Oklahoma State guy called? Chabba Hubbard. Is he good?
1: Chubby no. Hubby, what a bloke! Chuba Howard, Chuba Hubbard. It's
0: not Chuba, is it? It's Chuba
2: Hubbard.
1: It's Chuba.
0: If it's not Hubber, and if, it's I Chuba Hubbard, and I mean, at very least if it's, it's, it's not marketed Hubber. as Chuba Hubbard, then there's a or massive I mean, mis. His option. surname
1: has a D at the end of it, so it couldn't be Chuba Hubbard.
0: Chuba, yeah, but you Chubba scrap Hubbard. that for marketing purposes, and you make you make yourself Chubby Hubby. Chubby Hubby. Does or, Trey
2: Sermons one game in the no, semi-final make him it worth it? It wasn't
1: him? one game. He's really good. Trey Sermon's a really good guy. I don't know why he was behind Master Teague in that depth chart for a lot of the season. He's, He's far. far. It is a <laughs> cool name. He's like there Master There's so Teague. many
0: good names.
1: He's like Master Teague the third as well. It's even cooler. That's amazing. Yeah, the no, Trey Sermons. Trey Sermon's really good. I like him. I like him a lot. Um I go uh I think his name... I've forgotten his name. That's embarrassing. UCLA running back... Uh, Dimitri Felton. Running back slash wide receiver out of UCLA. Bit of a third down guy. Just your typical athlete. Uh, really? Yeah, low floor, high ceiling. Could probably play slot as well. Just quick. Great with the ball in his hands. A Is he that sort
0: of like Lim Bowden Jr. Package like, sort gadget. of guy? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, potentially. His, um, his success does depend a lot on his landing spot. as why he's a sleeper. But just, yeah, just a guy to look out for, especially if your team is a creative offensive coordinator.
2: That's the thing with sleepers at the running back position. that it's And just very running much backs in general.
1: Dependent. Running backs in general, team dependent.
2: Yeah, because you're so reliant on holes being available for you. Okay, tight end that after Kyle Pitts isn't really a whole long to write home about, apart from the incredibly named Tommy Tremble,
0: who I hope, first overall because quite frankly he deserves it
1: Tommy (laughs) tremble is such a cool name i absolutely love it
0: i've loved the names in this draft this year there are some absolute bangers
1: there are some absolute crackers uh tommy tremble i guess will be a third fourth round guy trey mckitty will be around there as well like um pat frymouth as well he could end up being an end of the first round guy i doubt really that high i don't know like this year's draft because he
2: can do both
1: yeah, this it's year's draft, block, the thing about maybe. this year's draft that's going to be different is because there's the absence of group thing. Like, I think like the draft boards from different teams are going to be very, very skewed and very different from each other, which will make for a fun draft, but there are going to be players that are undervalued, overvalued, and a bit in the in the between, depending on which team you ask for. So he could potentially go in the first round if a team is tight end needy. And, mm.
0: That'd be interesting, two tight ends in the first round.
1: Yeah, a bit of turnout for the books.
0: Yeah, must watch, watch television. The first round tight ends have both been put talked about
2: to death. I would be surprised if he ended up there.
1: Yeah, no, so would I. I just i I wouldn't be surprised by much in this draft, considering like a lot of media guys have come out and said, "Look, this is going to be a weird draft." Groupthink, like scouts haven't been able to talk to each other at like events like the Senior Bowl, Pro Days and draw and combine as well because of just the social distancing and the yeah the big virus in the room so <laughs> the
0: big virus in the room
2: yeah what about if you're talking tight ends purely as weapons rather than all around right, tight ends what's your view on Braven Jordan Miami
1: Bevin Jordan out of Miami I honestly I'm not going to say anything cuz I've not really watched him much like the only Miami film I've watched is on defense to watch um Greg Russo and um
2: Jaden Phillips well, tune in next week for Stan's view on the big boys in the trenches, but oh, we yeah. can't give away anything now.
1: The best the best topic in the draft.
2: You hear that? You're not going to want to miss next week's show. Unfortunately, you won't have long to wait as it is the end of today's show. No. Thank you so much for downloading today's podcast. Make sure you check out all our social medias on Twitter and Instagram at The Dropback, on Facebook at The Dropback UK, our website, thedropback.com. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. And I've been Stan. And until next time, goodbye. Bye. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt
1: Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo and Sam Wilson. really weird, there was no peace at the end.
0: Yeah, we've missed Joe's peace. Yeah. Peace! Peace! peace. <laughs>